are you often the third wheel or the fifth wheel? It could get pretty annoying to be the only person alone when everybody around you has one. But being single isn't so bad. Here's what you need to know about being alone when everyone else has someone. Welcome to Adulting, a podcast where we want to adult every day. Download episodes at adulting.tv. Welcome to another episode of Adulting.tv. I'm Harlan Landis, and I'm here with Miranda Marquit. How are you, Miranda? I'm doing well. How are you, Harlan? I'm doing pretty good. I'm in Arizona at the moment. And where are you right now? I am in Seattle. <laughs> so much fun traveling. We are all away from our homes, but that's okay at the moment. We're going to talk about being single when everyone else around you is paired up. And believe me, with the people I work with pretty often, I see a lot of people depressed about being single. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's hard. People feel this kind of desire to be in a relationship, whether it's for companionship, whether it's because they feel like everybody around them has somebody. And, and sort of, it also seems like a status symbol, right? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think for a lot of people, it is, especially because you're coming out of well, think back to high school, and there was there, there's absolutely a status to having a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or some other type of relationship that you're in. And you look around, depending on how you see it, I mean, maybe you view it as this is what the cool people have. And, and these feelings don't just go away automatically. There's, there's a lot of pressure through teen years into older adolescence, through your 20s, even your 30s, and even later, there's a lot of pressure to be in a relationship based on the status that your friends have in their relationships. Yeah, and that's something that actually came up. I found it interesting, but there was an article on eHarmony, right? The dating site. <laughs> Which is where everyone goes for their daily news and stuff, but go on. Of course, of course. <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we've got to you know, look at these different dating sites if you're interested in dating. But no, uh, one of the articles pointed out that one of the problems with being the only single person in your group of friends or in your social set is that you may start questioning your value. You can grow increasingly insecure and you can obsess about if and when you'll find the perfect partner. And I think that's where the problem comes in is we tend to start devaluing ourselves and saying, okay, there's something wrong with me if I'm single and everybody else around me has somebody, what's what's my deficiency? How come I'm so defective? Yeah, sure. And once you're finished reading this article on eHarmony about how you feel this way, there's a very convenient link for you to join up and spend lots of money so that they can pair you up with someone yeah. and, and solve that deficiency. <laughs> That's right. Efficiency. <laughs> Oh my gosh, if this article gave you the confidence to find your match. So we're not suggesting that you find eHarmony and go and spend lots of money to find your perfect someone. In fact, we are going to talk about how to enjoy being alone, even, <laughs> even though everybody around you is single. So let's just close out of that and, and move on to something more fruitful, shall we? Yeah, that sounds good to me. 
So why do we as a society focus so much on relationships? Let's, let's get that out of the way first. I don't know whether it's innate or whether it's socialized, but a relationship through marriage and then having children, I mean, that's pretty much the foundation of how a society survives over a long period of time, right? We, we are humans, and the reason that we have survived over thousands of years as humans is by propagating, and that comes through you know, not necessarily romantic relationships. It doesn't have to be romantic, but certainly that seems to be the way that we've built our society. Yeah, we have this idea that marriage is important to society and morality, but you found something interesting from the Atlantic that says maybe it's not so super great. Well, it, the I mean, article... I mean, I'm sure it's super great, but it, like, I don't know that we're facing the imminent collapse of Western civilization as a result of this. Well, I, th- I think what this article in The Atlantic, uh, you know, talks about millennials, and there is a portion of people who are not necessarily feeling as pressured to be in a relationship right away. It is something they're willing to delay because there are other priorities. And, you know, I, I don't think it's a question of morality. I think it's just a question of priorities. What is important to someone right now? And people do realize that they can wait until they are older to have relationships, and they can wait until they are older to have children. And it's just a matter of shifting priorities. And of course, this also an income or socioeconomic status factor in all of this, too where pairing up seems to be more more of a traditional lifestyle and the more traditional lifestyle is not something that's embraced by younger and poorer millennials. Yeah, that's an interesting point too that the article looks at the socioeconomic status and and looks at the ages and one of the interesting things, though, I found was the way they talked about how the wordings of the survey, you know, they talked about society is just as well off if people have priorities other than marriage and children versus society is better off if people make marriage and having children a priority. The first thing I read, the society is just as well off if people have priorities other than marriage and children, seems to indicate that you can have marriage and children and a bunch of other priorities and still be fine. And it also seems, you know, as far as, you know, everything else was I look at the difference between my mother and me and the way I approach things. Um, you know, my mother's entire life was centered around her children and I have one child, but I make sure that, you know, I have my own life and it's not like my, you know, I don't live through my son, right? Because I have my own life, I guess. Yeah, as time progresses, more opportunities are available to more people, so they have more options in their lives. And focusing on the family, again, it comes back to those priorities. It can be a lower priority for a lot of people, um, male or female, doesn't matter. It's just, it's just there are more things that we can do in our lives right now. That means that people move in different directions. And, you know, what you were saying before about the the wording of the surveys, 
comparing results between surveys that take place over, you know, a different period of time. You're comparing what people thought about life in the 50s with what people thought about life in the 80s with what people feel about life now. These, these, you can't always take these different surveys and compare things because it's really a drawback to research that we do that is so superficial, makes it easy to have a headline in the newspaper. But when you actually learn how to analyze the details of the survey, you can find out that the assumptions that you had were were totally wrong. And that's why I like this article from The Atlantic so much, because it does take that into account. So you can see that you know, you're not always comparing apples and oranges. We might say that, yes, back, you know, if you look at those TV shows from the 1950s, where everybody was having such a happy home life, everybody had you know, two and a half children, and everybody was the average family. Well, that only really represented a small subset of life. So do we move from, you know, this idea where the family as the strongest unit and the most important piece of life, have we really drifted from that? Or is it just a matter of we see more things in society now, we have exposure to different types of families who have different priorities and non-families who have different priorities. I, I think it's just more things are coming clearer now because we do have this possibility of seeing more than just people who are the same as us. Yeah, that's a really good point. And one of the ways that we can live our lives is, is to embrace being single, I guess. And we do talk about you know belonging as a basic need there is that fear of being alone, I think, to some degree. And I think those things all kind of feed into that. And plus, I think you mentioned as well, you've got social media. Once again, we go back to that status symbol, right? All your friends, they're flaunting their relationships. You know, they're always, oh, my my boo is so great. And oh, look at these great things. And all of that. So I, I think that you start getting this idea that everybody else or, you know, everybody else, and this is normal, when maybe it's not. And maybe there are more people out there who are like you, you just don't see them. Yeah, I think you touched on a few things there. Uh, going back to belonging, if you look at some psychological research, there's the idea that your most basic needs are your food and your shelter. And then but right above that, is this idea of belonging. We we want to feel loved and we want to feel that we have a place in our lives and there is a place for us. And that is such a strong need that we have that it can overshadow other things. It can distract us if we are not meeting that need or we feel we're not meeting that need as we go towards some of the higher level things like um, you know self-awareness and self-actualization. If we are missing that feeling of closeness, whether it's to one person or a group of people, then we really struggle to make the most out of our lives. And that's that's probably one of the strongest pulls towards a relationship, even more so than societal pressure or peer pressure. It's It's this internal need. So finding a way to find that to satisfy that belonging need elsewhere, I think is is pretty important if you seem to be on the path towards, you know, or at least just want to enjoy a single life. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and finding that belonging elsewhere. So where are, what are some of those ways to find that belonging and 
and to enjoy that single life. I, I guess we need to talk about that a little bit. Where do you go to feel that belonging? Well, I think part of this is managing your expectations. Ooh, yes, always. Yeah, and you know, I, I think media does a very bad job in providing us with realistic examples of strong relationships. I think we are led to believe that people should behave in a certain way, we should be treated treated in a certain way, and of course we should be treated with respect at all times. But I think there's this idea of what love is that is disconnected from reality because it's something romantic that you see on TV. Or, you know, media includes social media too, and people will project their best images online like you talked about. This is even stronger because it's like a personal media. It's it's your friends. It's they're sharing their lives or at least what they want to, what they want to show. And as a reaction, and I've seen this a lot, especially with uh, younger friends, they will take the opposite approach and share about how depressed they are and, and how no one will ever love them. And they share these memes, and it leads to just depress other people. And if they're looking for attention, I think it's just going to backfire, because who wants to love somebody or who wants to open up to somebody who isn't confident in themselves and doesn't show the world that they are comfortable with who they are. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really interesting point that sometimes we look for attention kind of in the wrong ways and kind of get down about it. And so I think being able to learn to enjoy being alone and then also learn to look for the good things about being single. These are very helpful things that can help you feel better about your situation and feel less of a need to kind of reach out for that sort of um, that, that sort of negative reinforcement that kind of comes. What are some of the things that we can do to feel better about being single aside from just trying to ignore all of the media <laughs> that leads us in the opposite direction? Yeah, well, I, see, I think part of it is looking at, well, what makes your life fun? And what are some of the things that you enjoy doing that you might not be able to enjoy doing otherwise. Some of that is like for me, uh, travel is a lot easier when I'm by myself and it's a lot easier when it's just me and my son rather than with somebody else in the mix. So travel is easier with just me and my son. And so that, that kind of makes it fun. It makes it easy and we can, you know, be silly and take pictures and order room service and do things that maybe we couldn't do if there was like a third adult, I mean, a third person, a second adult in, in the mix. Does that make sense? So part of that is just saying, you know, what are some of these fun aspects? Yeah, so that, that makes sense. But there you are with a second person, a companion, and not alone. I think, you know, I've traveled alone, and I've tried to find ways to make that as enjoyable as possible. But even as an introvert, I prefer traveling with a companion of some sort. And I think it's a lot easier for us introverts to find the fun in these activities when we're alone, because that is really how we we thrive. Uh, but for an extrovert who likes being around people, Maybe it's a little more difficult. Yeah, I think part of that though is, is has you know look look for other singles to spend time with. I mean, there are other people out there. You can use like a meetup group 
or look for these groups where you can spend time with them or book a tour with other people, like a group tour with singles. And, and that way that gives you a chance to do things with other people and meet new people and have a good time and have that, com- you know, that kind of companionship, but you're still, you know, but you still can, ha- you can have fun, but still have that companionship and you don't necessarily have to have a life partner. Yeah, and when if you do go on like a say a singles tour, I mean most people who do that will be looking for a partner and whether you're looking for a partner or whether you're not looking for a partner, you want to find the right activities and the right groups to hook up with that you'll feel comfortable in whatever situation. I mean there's there's a different vibe to going on a singles cruise than there is to say, you know, you book travel to a place and you sign up for a tour and there's other people who also sign up for the same tour, not necessarily with the goal of finding somebody to fall in love with, but just for the goal of traveling and to have some fun. And it doesn't have to be travel. It can be an activity like photography. I like photography. So that's something that I do. That's a good point. And another thing you do is, is get involved. I mean, one of the things that keeps me busy and keeps me happy and feeling fulfilled is my work with the Chamber of Commerce and my work in local political activism. So these kinds of causes and these kinds of things that I do, I get to be busy, I get to feel fulfilled, I get to do meaningful activities. And so that helps me feel, well, in a lot of ways, it helps me feel like, oh my gosh, I am too busy to try to have a relationship anyway, and my life is so full as it is. And so that kind of helps too. When you have something that's meaningful and gives your life purpose, you're less likely to feel like you need another person to fill that void. Yeah, that's a really important point. Fill your life with things that give you purpose, and you won't be in such a hurry to find that purpose sitting within somebody else. Yeah, and I think uh, another interesting point, and we've talked about this in the past, is looking at alone time and getting comfortable with yourself alone. And you touched on this a little bit earlier, and we've had podcast episode about this in the past, but feeling comfortable with yourself and learning to enjoy alone time can go a long ways toward feeling comfortable as a single person. Yeah, there have been a number of times I've gone to the movies by myself and just uh, (laughs) enjoyed the company of myself while watching a movie in a theater. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'll go to restaurants and get a table for one no problem. You know, it's it's all about getting those experiences, whether you're sharing them with someone or not, because there's there's a lot of good stuff in this world to do. And don't wait around. Don't wait for someone to share it with. You go out and experience these things. Yeah, that's and that's a really good way to kind of move forward. So what are some do nows that people can start with if they're really interested in feeling better about being single when everybody around them is paired up. One of the things that you can start with is to list out, again, write it on paper, things that are positive in your life, things that you love in your life that don't necessarily relate to another person, things about you, things about your life. I think that's a really good one. And we're really big on lists and writing things down here, but it's very important because it helps you Uh, studies indicate that when you write stuff down, it sinks in better, and it really helps you internalize that information. So I think that's really important. Uh, Another thing you can do is look in your town for a young professionals group or a service organization like Civitans and join it. 
uh, most chambers of commerce have young professionals group. Find out from your workplace if they've got kind of a mentor program or a young professionals program. There are a lot of these that have been cropping up around the country. National Urban League has a young professionals organization. There are quite a few. And, and then once again, look for a service organization. Civitans has a young professionals group. You can get involved in Rotary, Kiwanis, all of those things have young professionals they cater to. So look into that. Yeah. And if you are religious, look into your religious organization and what they have to offer people of your age. I think, uh, I think there are a lot of groups out there that you can do activities with, and you don't have to do this alone. You can go out and be part of a group. Uh, it's certainly that fulfills a lot of the need that we have for belonging. Yeah, and finally, consider setting a date night with yourself once a week. And even if you finally find a significant other, do yourself a favor and set yourself a date night once a week. I try and do this at least once a week. I, I It's not necessarily at night. But I like to try to either go to the movies or go to lunch by myself or take a nice long walk by myself. And I like to do that at least once a week just for me to get out and about and be in my own company. I think this is great whether you're single or whether you're paired up. Yeah. And what, one other thing that I like to suggest is if social media is bringing you down because it appears in your life that everyone else is paired up, then just turn it off, you know, just, just, just stop going on social media. There's absolutely no need to check your Facebook feed all the time, especially if it's making you feel like you are not, you know, at the same level as your friends are. Just avoid it. There's no problem. Some things in life you can avoid, and that is one of them. Yeah, that's definitely true. Well, we do have a listener question. <laughs> Are you excited for this? <laughs> oh, I am. Sure. So so here's the question. I like being single, but people keep asking me when I'm going to get a girlfriend. How do I get them off your back? Miranda, this is a question for you. Yeah, people keep asking me when I'm going to get a boyfriend. They actually skip the boyfriend part and go straight to when are you going to get married again? And, you know, my answer is like, uh, <laughs> not not happening. But I think what, I, what I've just been saying is, hey, I really enjoy being single right now and I'm happy. Yeah. You know, and, and people may not believe you, but there's really not a lot you can do beyond just saying, hey, I really enjoy seeing, being single right now and I'm happy. And if they keep pestering you about it, maybe you just need to politely set some boundaries and say, hey, I'm happy right now with my state. I have a very fulfilling life. And can we please talk about something other than my relationship status? Yeah. I like talking to you, but let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something other than my relationship status. You know, we can talk about movies, we can talk about food, there are all sorts of books, whatever. We can talk about all sorts of topics. We don't need to talk about me. You can reassure them, though, that if your plan or your status changes, they'll be the first to know because they're so concerned. <laughs> That's right. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us know how you deal with the pressure. We would love to hear if you are single or if you're in a relationship. Obviously, everybody has some kind of pressure when it comes to relationships, because even if you are with somebody, then people will always be asking you what the, you know, when's the next step going to happen? When's the marriage coming? When are the kids coming? When's the second kid coming? It's, it's endless. So how do you deal with the pressure? We, we would really love to hear about it. So let us know. 
at our Facebook community, um, hashtag adulting, and come to our website, adulting.tv, ask us a question there, and subscribe to this podcast if you liked what you heard at adulting.tv slash iTunes. And until next week, this is Adulting. Thank you for listening to Adulting. Find resources for this episode or download other episodes at adulting.tv. Thank you.